You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey folks, welcome to a bonus interview. I was talking with Richard Clutter about his work on the film Never Cry Wolf. Towards the end, I shifted gears a little bit and asked him about his work on the, what was supposed to be a pilot version of The Man Who Fell to Earth. You might have heard us talk about that on our Man Who Fell to Earth episode. Well, he gives the backstory to why it was what it was. I think you'll enjoy it. What were those next gigs like for you? Well, I, uh, at some point fairly soon, I sold a big spec for a lot of money to Sony. And then, you know, I had a script that CAA, the coverage at CAA, they said it was the most intelligent script that they'd ever read. And so I had, you know, meetings with Robert Redford and all kinds of people and action directors who would apologize for, you know, sullying me with their sordid commercial project. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And that script never got made. It got optioned a bunch of times, but never got made because it was set in South Africa before the end of apartheid and was based on a true story, which I could not acknowledge. It was told to me, the story was told to me by someone who was involved, and I I don't want to give any more details about this, with one of the major international peace organizations, a big foundation peace organization. And he was smuggling diamonds for the ANC. And so the script was called Diamonds. And it was about that character and, you know, and South African black characters trying to do whatever they could to advance the cause of freedom in South Africa. Everyone responded to it. But events in South Africa were changing rapidly and at the time. And so no one wanted to make a looking back movie. They all wanted to make a looking forward movie. So while everybody was interested and I met with everybody about the script, you know, after Chariots of Fire, that director and Redford and lots of other people, you know, I kept hoping that would get made because I love the script, but it never did. It kept getting optioned, but never, never got made. So that, you know, I got other jobs from that and wrote all kinds of things. And then um, with small children, I started doing a lot of TV movies. CAA, actually, my agents at the time put me in television a bit. So I've written had 20 TV movies made and uh, something like that. Um, and, you know, at various uh, levels of indistinction and occasional distinction. So anyway, when you're raising two kids, it helps to have an income. I was curious about uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth because it feels like there, that must have been a little – bit of pressure to well no here's the, that's you know i really need to take that off of my that was a pilot for a tv series actually it wasn't the david, that's what i was wondering it wasn't the david bowie movie it was, and it's an interesting it's an interesting story because david gerber was the head of mgm television and a kind of lunatic it was my ca sort of said why don't you write a pilot so they got me that job writing the pilot for david gerber and i had written the sequel to quest for fire for jean jacques no right before that um which was about to get made and then the french producers sued the american producers and it was tied up in court for years and nothing ever happened but uh, i got hired to write the manifold earth pilot and i wrote it and abc loved it and gerber was upset that they didn't really want to hear from him. Um, they just wanted to talk to me. And so while we were shooting, he wrote his own version of the script and shot his own version of the script and kicked the director of our pilot out of the editing room so he could edit his own version. Uh, it was insane. And he spent half a million dollars of MGM's money and half a million dollars of his own money. And earlier, during pre-production, 
I have a, it's not too bad now, but a bad ankle, basketball player, torn ligament, stuff like that. And one of the producers and I were sitting in David's office and I had my foot up on a table and he just started twisting my foot. And I just said, David, you know, what the hell? I stood up and he said, what are you going to do about it? And kind of like made gestures like he wanted to fight. I'm 6'3", 200 pounds, and I was an athlete. So, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't really afraid. So I just said, really? Is this what you really want to do, Dave? And he said, come on. So I took his arm, bent it behind his back, put him down on the couch with my knee in his back. I mean, it took no effort. It took probably 10 seconds and was keeping him there. What happened was Lynn Loring, who was his vice president, started a kind of incantation kill him, give him a heart attack, finish him off, kill him, give him a heart attack, finish him off. And she just kept going. And people started coming in from all the surrounding offices. So there were probably 15 people watching this unfold. And there's no struggle between Dave and I. I'm kind of genially holding his arm behind his back. His face is sort of pressed into the couch. He's the president of MGM. But anyway, MGM television. And finally, I just say, David, if I let you up, will you behave yourself so I, he didn't answer. So I let him up and he dusted himself off and said about himself, not bad for an old guy. And I just shrugged. We never spoke again. He would never speak. He would never speak to me again. So all during production, during post-production, um, we never spoke. And where this becomes relevant is ABC decided they had to choose between my pilot, not David's version, and Starman to put on the air. So Ann Daniels, who was head of drama at ABC, called me the night before they were going to announce the schedule and said, we want to put your show on the air, but only if you'll stay with the show. And I said, I really only have one condition to staying with the show. And that is David can be, he can yell at the writers, he can call us names, he can do whatever he wants. What he can't do is go off and write his own scripts and shoot his own versions of I said, and they said, that seems incredibly reasonable. We'll call David and call you back. So they called David, and rather than have a show on the air and get back the million dollars that he spent, um, he said no. So I sort of point to that as, in a way, a mistake of mine. I thought, well, it's the first pilot I ever wrote. Surely others will get made, and others did. But, but I thought, you know, I was having homicidal dreams about him practically because he was so impossible. So, you know, they said, could you tolerate you know, having him around. And I said, we just can't run a show where there's some crazy guy going off shooting his own version of things and then saying, this is the version you have to use. We can't do that. And they said, we understand. So they put Starman on the air. I thought I should have sucked it up, said yes, fought with him, and then quit after we got on the air. But I've learned then that you take the, you take the bounty when it comes, even if you have to back away from it later. I've seen Men Who Fell to Earth. I think they showed it on like Sci-Fi Network or something. The pilot? Was that anything? Yeah. I have no idea. I've never I've never seen the finished version. I'll have to send it over to you uh, if I still have a copy of it because it took a little while to find. But yeah, I was I was doing an episode about uh, the Rogue movie and I was like, oh, I need to see this and see how it compares. Well, the script, which became a huge calling card for me. I mean, Orion paid me a million dollars to make an overall deal there. Oh, actually over a million dollars, various other play. You know, I was high demand because of the script. The script's very different from, I'm sure, what that movie is because David Gerber just did all kinds of things. And, you know, in fact, the first day of principal photography, I get on the set and the director comes to me with a script in hand and said, did you write this? 
I said, I looked at it and said, no, this is, you know, I didn't do that. And so I called the executive, Jordan Kerner, who was the, then an executive at ABC, and said, it seems that David has written a version of the script. So he shut down production. David was conveniently out of town, and he called me, me and Lynn Loring the, of the incantation over to ABC immediately. So we went, and he he said to Lynn, what we're going to talk about now is not a network note or a suggestion. You're going to do exactly what I say or the production is canceled. So he turned to me and said, what do you want put back from your script? And I handed him my script and I said this. <laughs> and, you know, we had to make some minor concessions to a couple of David's thoughts, but very minor. And Lynn was fuming. She, she said, you, you know, this was supposed to be a family project. And I said, if you're my family, I want to be an orphan. You know, it's funny because Raul Julia wanted to play the part and Gerber would not allow it. This is right after, right after the movie with Bill Hurd, Kiss of the Spider Woman. You're right after that. He wanted to play the lead and we were really excited and Gerber said, no, it's probably terrible. He was a complete man known to be a maniac. Maybe I shouldn't see it. It's probably better. You know, it'll cause me agita, as they say. It wasn't made post-Starman. It was made contemporaneous with Starman. But David Gerber did whatever he did. He fired the director and recutted himself. And so, yeah, I, I didn't want to see it because I thought it would, you know, it would be too painful. And turns out from your reaction, I'm sure others, that it would have been. Um, I'm very curious about Feeling 109 and Teach 109 and how that kind of morphed into the Android affair. Teach 109, uh, there's a producer named John Manulis who had a deal at HBO to do a series um, of called Future Tales, kind of sci-fi future tales. And he asked me to write one and direct it. This was an idea of Isaac Asimov's. And this particular one, I don't know if Isaac contributed any others. I think this was the only one. This was kind of like the, it wasn't, I think he made three or something. So I got to spend time with Isaac and, you know, we batted out the story. We, he read, gave me notes on it and all that kind of stuff. We made the short and it won, won some prizes, Henny Golden Eagle and, you know, kind of shortlisted for the Oscars and stuff like that. I got uh, approached to do it as a feature by the old producer named Frank Perry, who had a company. I wrote the script. We cast it. We had a start date. We were crewing up, and Frank's company went out of business. So, you know, I've had my uh, share of wacko things. We were literally weeks away from shooting. And so we, the project ended, and then along came Barbara Fisher, I think, who was in a, some universal television studio or something like that, and said, you know, we would do a version of this. Do you want to do it? And so I ended up doing that. <laughs> 